This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Finsider Radio right here on the Finsider, part of the SB Nation Network. And today we are going to talk about the news that we are hearing at the NFL Combine, the rumors surrounding the Miami Dolphins quarterback situation, and everything in between. But before we get this show started, I need to take a moment to give a shout out to two of the very best in the business, and that is Travis Wingfield and Kyle Krabs, both who have gone on to greener pastures. As you may or may not know, Travis Wingfield was the current host of Locked On Dolphins. He is now the official voice of the Drive-In Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network. He is also writing some articles for them. I mean, that is huge. That is a dream come true, and you have to tip your hat to the hard work that Wingfield has done to get that opportunity. With one move comes another, and that is Kyle Krabs. He currently writes for the Dolphins Wire and the Draft Network. He is now heading to Locked on Dolphins to do a daily podcast. So tip of your hat to both of those guys. It's proof that hard work does pay off. And, you know, in today's society, you know, everyone sits here and they have dreams. They hope to achieve something one day, and those two guys are proof that hard work does pay off and to just keep grinding because good things will come. So congratulations, Travis Wingfield. Congratulations, Kyle Krabs. And I wish you the best of luck at your new endeavors. With that said, it is time to turn our attention to Indianapolis and the NFL Combine. As Kevin Noggle, our father here at the Finsider, best put it, this is the Underwear Olympics. And I am not joined by Matthew Kanata because he is getting ready to wake up. Actually, it's 2.48 a.m., so he is probably already awake, getting ready to take his flight to Indianapolis, where he will go to Elmo's Place, the famous steakhouse. He will probably order chicken fingers because he is that guy. But he is going to bring us the latest news and notes surrounding everything he's here at the Combine. He will be there with Ben Albright from Pro Football Network. He will be there with Tony Pauline from Pro Football Network. And we know there is lots of smoke and mirrors being leaked out there. We know the Washington Redskins have an important visit with both Joe Burrow and Tua Tungo Vailoa. We will get into the quarterback situation later. 
But let's talk about some of the key things that we are hearing at the NFL Combine. And the biggest thing I think came earlier in this week, and it is absolutely crazy to even think about, and that is they are talking hand size with NFL quarterbacks. And people are just all over Twitter. You know, you're making memes. You're making jokes about the situation. Joe Burrow just had the best season in college football history. So to sit here and say that his hands are going to play a factor in the NFL, I think that is absolutely absurd. We do know that Tua Tungvaloa has bigger hands. We also know that Justin Herbert has the biggest hands out of this group. And we're just going to go through some of the measurements. Joe Burrow weighed in at 6'3 and 4'8, 221 pounds. He had 9-inch hands. Again, he has baby hands and a 74-inch wingspan. Compare that to Justin Herbert. And we are going to talk about him later in the show because he is the big name that is currently surrounding the Miami Dolphins. Yes, that could be a smoke uh, smoke screen. Yes, that could be being leaked out by the Miami Dolphins to prove to a team like Detroit and Washington that, you know what, if you're asking price for Tua Tonga-Vailoa is too much, we are more than happy to settle for Oregon's Justin Herbert, a guy that they have done immense work on over the past few seasons. Again, we're going to get into that later in the show because that is what everyone's talking about. But Justin Herbert weighed in. His height was six foot six and two eighth inches, two hundred and thirty six pounds. He had that ten inch hand and a seventy eight and seven eighth wingspan. We know he will throw today, February twenty seventh at the NFL Combine, and he is you know out of Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, you know Jake Fromm, Jacob Eason, Anthony Gordon, Jalen Hurts. You can list the quarterbacks that the Dolphins could have interest in. Personally, I believe it comes down to. To three players, and I'm going to assume Joe Burrow is going to the Cincinnati Bengals, which he made it very clear that he has no intent of not playing for Cincinnati. We know that that could change, you know, at the drop of a hat. We know Carolina could move up, and I do think that would be the perfect fit there. But, but I don't know that they're ready to move on from Cam Newton because he does have that injury history. It's going to be hard to trade him away. But bringing Joe Burrow to Carolina to once again work with Joe Brady would be a glove fit. We know there are reports that Stephen Ross has interest in Joe Burrow. And again, none of that is a surprise because Joe Burrow just had the best season in college football history. But we're going to assume Joe Burrow's going number one to Cincinnati, which then means Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert, and potentially Jordan Love are going to be on the Dolphins' radar. Again, we will talk about that later in this podcast. But the biggest thing is Joe Burrow will not be throwing at the Combine. Tua Tagovailoa will not be throwing at the Combine. So that basically leaves Justin Herbert and Jordan Love to impress Chris Greer and the rest of the Dolphins, you know, Reggie McKenzie, Marvin Allen, Stephen Ross, whoever is there in attendance at Indianapolis. That is Thursday. That is today when this podcast is dropping. So make sure you tune into that because, again, the Dolphins are going to draft a quarterback. I think if they pass on one, it would be a, a big mistake. I know Trevor Lawrence is the apple. You know, Trevor Lawrence, if he came out this year, I would take Trevor Lawrence over every quarterback in this class. And I love Tua Tungvaloa. I'm going to get crucified in the comments because I do love Tua so much. I'm going to call him a once-in-a-generation prospect. But I've been following the draft. I've been following football since I've been a kid. And there has been Andrew Luck. You know, there was John Elway before Luck. And then there's Trevor Lawrence. And that's where I see him fitting into this whole equation. I think there's no chance in hell that the Miami Dolphins can get Trevor Lawrence next year because, A, they just won five games with an XFL, a depleted roster. You know, they they basically, I don't want to say try to lose games, but Chris Greer and them did not make it easy for Brian Flores and his coaching staff to go out there and win football games. And what did they do? They won five games. They rallied behind a veteran like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's already said he has no problem teaching one of these young quarterbacks. So, 
I think they're going to draft a quarterback. I mean, you can sit here and look over the last 20, 25 years, and I mean, yes, you can say the Aaron Rodgers that they passed on, the Drew Brees that they passed on, you know, the Patrick Mahomes that they passed on. Every Most other teams in the NFL also passed on them. The Dolphins have not had a top-five pick. You know, they have not been this close to being able to get a franchise quarterback. So, again, we are going to talk about later in the show. I can't, it's hard not to just sit here and just focus on the quarterbacks. But Justin Herbert and Jordan Love have a huge chance to show the Dolphins organization that they are the guy, that they are the right player to bring in, to groom behind a Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is absolutely going to be a starter in 2020. You know, even if they bring in a Tua Tungvalu, even if they trade up for Tua, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be that starter. And there really isn't anything we can do about it. We should all accept that. He looked very, very good in 2019, had one of the better seasons of his NFL career. But with Ryan Fitzpatrick, the good comes the bad, and I am absolutely ready for him to revert back to, you know, Fitz tragic as they call him. We saw the Fitz magic. He went out there, you know, he beat New England. He beat some of these other teams. He had very good games. Raised the level of a Devontae Parker or a Mike Jasicki. You know, he showed us what those players can become. But I do think that this might be one of those years where we expect too much out of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he starts to decline. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you see the, you know, there's a meme that goes around Twitter where it shows, you know, he, he has a good year, he gets paid, he has a bad year, he gets cut. He has a good year, he gets paid, he has a bad year, he gets cut. I mean, it's an endless circle with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes, he's 37 years old. You know, if, if he was younger, I made this joke before, if he was younger, the Miami Dolphins would throw a boatload of money at him, as they should, because, I mean, you can sit here and you can look at it. You, you had Dan Marino, he retired. Uh, you know, Jay Feeler was decent, led the Dolphins to some playoff games, but Ryan Fitzpatrick's better than Jay Feeler. You know, they had Chad Pennington. They ran the Wildcat. Chad Pennington was a very good leader. But again, skill set compared to what we saw with Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2019, I'd take Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then he had Ryan Tannehill. We wasted, I don't want to say wasted seven years because, you know, he battled through injury. And I do think if he was not injured, Ryan Fitzpatrick could have been the franchise quarterback of the Miami Dolphins for many years to come. You know, we saw what he could do with a perfect offensive line and the leading rusher in the NFL and everything around him just going the right way. But I truly believe that what we saw in 2019 from Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, people say, oh, maybe the Dolphins will sign Phillip Rivers. You know, maybe the Dolphins will sign Tom Brady. They're not signing either of those guys. And for one reason and one reason only, that's because Ryan Fitzpatrick is cheaper. Ryan Fitzpatrick is under contract. Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2019 looked much better than both of those guys. And I love Phillip Rivers. I hate to say it, but I respect Tom Brady. Ryan Fitzpatrick was better than both those guys in 2019. That is not even debatable. You know, I sit here and I have some hot takes. You know, I'll sit here and, you know, I'll try to go against the grain. Ryan Fitzpatrick was better than both those guys. And he's going to be much cheaper. He's already said he has no problem grooming Tua Tungavailoa. He has no problem grooming a Justin Herbert. And he has no problem grooming a Jordan Love. And I think that the Dolphins are in the perfect situation. You know, again, they could trade up for Tuatone Vailoa. The asking price is going to definitely impact this. And I said we're going to talk about this at the end of the show. And clearly we're talking about it now. So let's just get it out of the way, okay? You know, Tuatone Vailoa is, by many reports, the guy that the Miami Dolphins are targeting, you know? is everything medically is starting to check out. It does apparently appear that he is going to be back completely healthy. You know, there's no sign of AVN. I'm not going to sit here and try to pronounce what that means. Go look it on, go Google it because I really don't have the time. But to a ton of Iloa, in my opinion, if he did not get hurt, would have been quarterback one. And I'm still not going to sit here and count it out because Joe Burrow has made every 
indication that he might not want to go to Cincinnati. Yes, he's the hometown kid, but Cincinnati is probably begging for a team to move up because, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, he, he's arrogant. He's a guy that had one good season. And he's a guy that just, you know, might become a factor later down the road. He's working out with Jordan Palmer. I think it was T.J. Hushmanzada. I mean, the list goes on and on about former Cincinnati Bengals players that have told him their concerns with this organization. Are they going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon? Hell no. I mean, we see it on Twitter. There are Bengals fans that are getting riled up and trying to say, you know, this situation isn't better, isn't much worse than the Miami Dolphins. Excuse me? The Miami Dolphins have 14 draft picks. I believe they're a compensatory pick away from 15 2020 NFL draft picks. Let, let that sink in. 15 potential rookies. And the Dolphins are not going to try 15 players. Everyone who thinks that needs to get that out of their mind. 15 draft picks, potentially. At worst, 14. Upwards of $120 million. They sat here and they went down the list and compared, team, compared the players. You know, Joe Mixon's better than Patrick Laird and Kalen Balazs. Really? You had to sit there and compare them? A.J. Green's better than Devontae Parker? Not if you're going off of 2019. Not if you're going off of the last few years. I love A.J. Green. At one point, he was a top five receiver. But the guy's consistently hurt. The guy has no interest in staying with the team who he's been with his entire career. Tyler Eifert's better than Mike Jasicki. Really? No way in heck am I taking Tyler Eifert over Mike Jasicki after what I saw last season. Okay, his rookie year, he was asked to block. Something that he was not very good at in college. Adam Gase, the genius, the offensive guru, decided to ask Mike Jasicki to block. I wonder why he's failing with the Jets. I, I wonder why he's failing with the Jets. John Ross is better than Jakeem Grant. That that's what you're hanging your hat on. John Ross has done nothing in the NFL. Jakeem Grant completely bodied the New England Patriots a few seasons ago with Jay Culler at quarterback. They were wearing their throwbacks. It was beautiful. But I'm not gonna sit here and say Jakeem Grant's some world beater. But is he better than a former first round pick, John Ross? It's pretty close. Offensive line, okay. Your offensive line's better. But guess what? Again, the Miami Dolphins have. Wait for it. 14 draft picks. Maybe 15. The Dolphins have $120 million. Maybe more. Your offensive line is not going to be better than what the Dolphins put out on the field there. I'm sorry it's not. No one wants to play in Cincinnati. I repeat. No one wants to play in Cincinnati over Miami. So, you know, it was going around Twitter. It was kind of a small thing. It wasn't even something I was going to touch on. But I'm in a mood, and I touched on it. The Miami Dolphins are a much better situation. And wait, I didn't even talk about the best part of this whole thing. Your head coach is Zach Taylor. You went from Marvin Lewis to Zach Taylor. You went from a guy who was with that organization for, what, a decade? Maybe more. He he did decent things there. But then you went to a guy that sniffed one of Sean McVay's farts and got a head coaching job. You know, we all know who Zach Taylor is. He came over there with Mike Sherman. He came over there with Ryan Tannehill. And he did absolutely nothing. So you can sit here and get excited about Zach Taylor. I'm not. But I will get excited about 
uh, I will get excited about Brian Flores. Stone Cold Brian Flores, you're absolutely right, because he went out there and won five games with a depleted roster when the front office basically said, you know what, Brian, I want you to go out there. I want you to get that first overall pick. You know, I don't really care if you win games this year. We're giving you a five-year deal. This year is just, you know, do what you got to do. We want a quarterback. We want all these draft picks. We, we have all this money. We're building this thing for the future. You can do whatever you want. And, you know, after Fitzpatrick had two pretty bad games, looked pretty bad in preseason, Josh Rosen came in. And, you know, he looked pretty good. I'm saying a little bit he looked decent against Dallas. You know, he didn't really do quite well against Washington. He played okay against the Chargers. But in that Washington game, when Ryan Fitzpatrick came back, I mean, that offense looked light years better. And a lot of people got on Flores' case, and a lot of people still want to look at it. You know, oh, they won these meaningless games. we got to trade up for a quarterback now. Guess what? If you can get to a ton of a low, who the hell cares? You traded away Laramie Tunsil for two first-round picks and a second-rounder. Laramie freaking Tunsil, your offensive line's terrible. You did that for one reason and one reason only. Not only was the compensation wonderful, but you need a quarterback. You traded Minka Fitzpatrick because not only was the compensation uh, you know, equivalent to what they gave up for Minka Fitzpatrick, you need a quarterback, and he had wanted nothing to do with them. So the Dolphins continue to acquire draft picks. They have plenty of money. Let things play out. Uh, the last thing I'm going to say about all this is, you know, they keep saying Justin Herbert is the guy, and I, I mean, Matt Miller, Bleacher Report, came out and straight up said no team, you know, no team has spent more time with Justin Herbert, has traveled to Oregon to watch Justin Herbert than the Miami Dolphins. And a lot of people, again, they heard that report about Ryan Tannehill and Justin Herbert being comparable, and it's just not the case. But a lot of people heard that, and they just hate Justin Herbert. A lot of people see what people say on Twitter, and they dislike Justin Herbert. Go watch Justin Herbert play football. He's got a rocket arm. He's got the mobility. Yes, he struggles at times to read a defense. Yes, he didn't look great in that offense. And yes, he had 43 starts in college. And, you know, you want to see more out of him his senior year. You didn't see that. But go watch Oregon's offense. It was as predictable as Mike Sherman's go, go, go offense when Ryan Tannehill started out in Miami. And we can sit here and make excuses for Ryan Tannehill for seven seasons. Justin Herbert's better than Ryan Tannehill. I'm sorry. Justin Herbert is better than wide receiver Ryan Tannehill, who had his best year and took a team to the AFC Championship game with what? A top five offensive line and the leading rusher in the NFL. If Justin Herbert had that, who knows what would happen. I'm not saying they should go after Justin Herbert. Tua is my guy. Tua has been my guy. And you can go back and you can look on Twitter. I made many, many posts. I've tweeted at many, many people. I replied to many, many things saying, the Dolphins have no chance at Tua Tagovailoa that well before the season, because I didn't think they were a going to lose that many games, which they did not. They won five games. I did not think he was going to he was going to become the quarterback two in this class, because he's clearly quarterback one when he's healthy. In my opinion, I'm again in my opinion, I would take a healthy Tua Tagovailoa over Joe Burrow, and I think that's what the Dolphins have to consider. My biggest thing, and I've been getting a lot of comments, you know. I used to not read comments on the Finsider. I thought it might be a waste of time. I just kind of would post an article. or just kind of let it go. You know, see how many people read it. Not really care to engage with people. But once I started to, oh my God. The people hate Tua Tagovailoa. You know, I, I, I don't know why. I don't know what it is. It's it's like the Facebook crowd. People absolutely despise Tua Tagovailoa. They also despise me apparently because I'm too positive at times. So let me just say one thing. 
The Dolphins hired 67-year-old Chan Gailey to take over their offense. Go ahead, look back throughout his career and tell me what quarterback he has developed. I know what quarterback he passed on a few times. Drew Brees. I know he won a playoff game with Jay Fiedler. Wow. Bravo, Chan Gailey. Bravo. The best quarterback Chan Gailey has had and developed, in quotations, is Ryan Fitzpatrick. And again, I do think he might be the best quarterback the Dolphins have had since Marino. You know, you can put him up there against a Tando. You can put him up there against a Pennington. Whoever it is, you know, maybe, probably. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 2019, was probably better than all those guys. But we need more than a Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know. That, that's not going to cut it. Bringing in a 67-year-old offensive coordinator to groom the future when he already said, you know, I don't want an undersized quarterback. Justin Herbert's where I'm leaning. You know, Chris Greer was alongside Mike Tannenbaum, and everyone wanted to say, oh, you know, the Dolphins put all this time into Mike Tannenbaum. You know, we heard the ESPN interview where Mike Tannenbaum basically said, Justin Herbert would be my number one pick. Okay, that's crazy to me. But it's not just Mike Tannenbaum. There's still people within the Dolphins organization that absolutely love Justin Herbert. I'm sure of that. I've heard that. I don't pretend to have sources. I, I have no sources. But I talk to people who do. And a lot of people believe that the Dolphins have a significant interest in Justin Herbert. Personally, if Justin Herbert rocks that visor... Yeah, I mean, everyone saw that Draft Network uh, wallpaper going around where he's rocking that visor. Those Dolphin throwbacks, that thing is freaking beautiful. Tua Tungvaloa is my quarterback one. Joe Burrow is my quarterback two. Justin Herbert's quarterback three. I've said Jordan Love could potentially. I mean, I've, I've been on record saying I'd rather take Jordan Love over Justin Herbert. But right now, Justin Herbert's floor is greater than Jordan Love's floor. So if you're going with the safer pick, you're going with the guy that has all the intangibles, you know, the rocket arm, the prototypical type, the mobility, every little thing, except for what? Maybe he's an introvert. Maybe he can't lead a team, which, you know, Shane Lemieux, his, his guard came out today and basically said, you know, he was a great leader over four years. You know, he proved at the Senior Bowl that he could lead a group of men that weren't his. Justin Herbert was the MVP of the Senior Bowl. You know who else was in the Senior Bowl? Jordan Love. But I do think Jordan Love has a higher ceiling. I'm not going to sit here and compare him to Patrick Mahomes because that's absolutely absurd. But I think it comes down to that, and I tweeted that out. Tua Tonvaloa, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, one of those guys will be the future quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. And as much as I like Tua Tonvaloa, as much as I'll go to bat for him, as much as I do believe the Dolphins should trade up for him, you know, and what would a proposed trade look like? I've continued to say the number five overall pick, the number 26 overall pick, and then a second rounder, whether it's in 2021 or 2020, I think those three picks to move up two spots, three spots, I mean, it's crazy. And you sit here and you think about all the ammunition the Dolphins acquired, you sit here and think about, you know, okay, well, they get a quarterback at five, then at 18, they get an offensive tackle. At 26, they get a pass rusher. I mean, that's probably better than using some of those picks to move up, but that's just not how it works. You're nothing. I repeat, you're nothing until you get that quarterback, and that's what the Miami Dolphins have to do if they believe Tua Tonga-Vailoa who has checked out medically, who everything seems to be okay, is their quarterback of the future. You move heaven and earth to make sure he is the guy. I'm not giving up three first-round picks. People keep saying, how it's, you know, uh, what is your, you know, what is the line you draw? Three first-round picks. Hell no, I'm not giving up three first-round picks. For a guy that just suffered a season-ending hip injury. For a guy that many believe is undersized, who I believe is undersized. And I love the guy. The left arm of God, I, th- I think he... 
I think if the Dolphins signed him, not only would his jersey become the number one seller in the NFL, not only would he completely change the future of this franchise, not only would he sell tickets, you know, everything would be just be perfect. It would be the perfect situation. I just don't know if Chris Greer will do it, and that's where I'm going to leave that. The Dolphins are going to end up with Tua Tungvalu. They're going to end up with Justin Herbert. They're going to end up with Jordan Love. I would bank money on that. Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, they will both throw later this afternoon, 4 o'clock on the NFL Network. Check it out at the NFL Combine. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. We talked about the quarterback. I ranted about the quarterback, which I was going to wait till later. Let's move down some of this list today. Running back, which we all know the Miami Dolphins have a huge need at. You know, we keep hearing rumors about Melvin Gordon could be the guy. I don't know if Melvin Gordon's the guy. I don't know what he's going to get on the open market. I think the Chargers came out today or yesterday, and, you know, they basically said, you know, we would love to have him back. But Melvin Gordon's trying to get paid, and, you know, he held out. It didn't quite work in his favor. We saw what happened with Le'Veon Bell. You know, he could be on the move. We know the Dolphins could trade for a Todd Gurley, who there are reports that maybe the Charger or the Rams could give up some ammunition in return for someone taking on that contract. Heck yeah. If you're giving me Todd Gurley and you're giving me a draft pick just to take on that salary, absolutely. You run him into the ground like he's 2001, 2002, Ricky Williams. You run that guy into the ground, just as you would a David Johnson, with the same situation. People are saying Arizona might get rid of David Johnson because his cap hits huge. The Dolphins aren't worried about money. They have all the money in the world. They took on a keep Talib's contract to get a fourth-round pick. To fill a spot with a running back who, you know, David Johnson, I played fantasy football a few years ago. David Johnson was the cat's meow. Todd Gurley, I don't care about arthritis in his knee. I have arthritis in my knee from bending down to changing my freaking daughter's diapers every, you know, every 10, 15 minutes. It's either a two-and-a-half-year-old that has a diaper that needs change, or it's a six-month-old. I mean, I'm sure I have arthritis. Trade for me. Give me, you know, take my salary on and run me into the ground, just as they would a Todd Gurley. If a team like that was ready to offer, you know, it was reported that maybe... Uh, I believe Arizona would give up a third-round pick. You know, take on some of that calorie, uh, calorie, some of that salary, and you know, at the same time, pay the Dolphins a draft pick. I think it was Spotrack or one of those other websites. You know, came out and said, you know, maybe Todd Gurley, they would give up a second-round pick, a second-round pick to take Todd Gurley off your hands, to take on that salary to run him into the ground. Hell yeah, I would much rather do that than pay Melvin Gordon. And I do think Melvin Gordon would fit what Chan Gailey does offensively. And I think that's what we got to continue to back, back, backtrack to. You know, the Dolphins run 67-year-old Chan Gailey to develop a quarterback to make this offense better. They just saw Carl Durrell move to Colorado to become their next head coach. And that is a huge move, uh, you know, congrats, coach. But what he meant to that receiving court, what he did to develop an, you know, some of these guys, I mean... We saw Devontae Parker at his best, best season of his career. We saw Preston Williams, an undrafted free agent who many people believed had the talent. He was, I mean, I can't, 
I keep saying it as a joke, but he was on pace to have a better rookie year than Jerry Rice. No, I don't think he will ever be Jerry Rice. But he was on pace to have a better career, a better start to his NFL career than Jerry Rice. Let that settle in. Isaiah Ford, a guy who I got absolutely annihilated by when I made a joke, you know. I was bummed when the Dolphins cut him. I've been an Isaiah Ford fan since the beginning of time. So has Aaron Sutton. I wish Aaron Sutton was on this podcast to talk about it. We were both fans of Isaiah Ford. You can go back and look at the Finn side. We wrote an article about it. We, we, you know, we collaborated on one. Isaiah Ford looked pretty damn good at the end of the year. The Dolphins receiving core is one of the best in the NFL. And I got crap for it at the beginning of the year because I, I went against somebody who's a receiver guru. You know, he came out and said the Dolphins had a bottom three receiving core. Really? Didn't look that way to me. You can sit here and say, you know, they, they got Alan Hearns after he said that. You know, Preston Williams did more than he was expected to. Devontae Parker had the best season of his career. So what? There's no way in heck the Miami Dolphins receiving core at any point was a bottom five unit in the NFL. I don't think the Dolphins are going to, you know, I don't think they're going to invest a high pick in a wide receiver. I know there was a Jerry Judy article written by Brickwall Blitz, one of the best in the game. I know he did not, you know, the reception he got from that was not very good. I do think the Dolphins will draft a quarter, uh, wide receiver because, again, they have 15 draft picks, you know. We don't know what they're going to do with Albert Wilson. We don't know what they're going to do with Jakeem Grant. I think Albert Wilson would be in his best interest to restructure. I think he's more explosive than Jakeem Grant. But both those guys, I mean, I think you keep one and not the other. And I'm torn as to which one I'd keep. But what we saw from Albert Wilson, you know, a, a few years ago was explosive. You know, what we saw from Jakeem Grant towards the end of the year, you know, he's mossing guys. You know, he, he looked great in that game against New England. So I don't know what the Dolphins are going to do there, but I do think their receiving corpus is very strong. I didn't even mention Gary Jennings, you know. Ricardo Lewis, you know, they have all these other guys that, you know, could eventually, Matt Collins, they have a ton of receivers. And it's going to come down to which one wants to contribute on special teams, which one shows promise in practice, and which one, you know, gets a repertoire with whatever quarterback the Dolphins do bring in. So again, we're talking about running backs. <laughs> I'm sorry, I completely spitballed out of there. Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins, to my knowledge, are the only two running backs that admittedly said they met with Eric Studsville and the Miami Dolphins. And you know, J.K. Dobbins would be a perfect fit for the Miami Dolphins. I nicknamed him J.K. Dolphins. I'm an Ohio State guy. I grew up in Pennsylvania. Still live in Pennsylvania. But I liked Ohio State ever since Kerry Collins slid my Pee Wee football team. J.K. Dobbins is Ezekiel Elliott Light. I see lots of great things there. If he's available in the second round, top of the second round, I'd much rather take a J.K. Dobbins than a Melvin Gordon. I think it was Alfredo Ortega, three yards per carry, came out with the pool. Would you take J.K. Dobbins in the first, or would you sign Melvin Gordon free agency? That is a tough one, because I don't believe that you need to give up a first-round pick for a running back. You know, if someone said, hey, how, it's you giving up a first-round pick for DeAndre Swift, I'm not. And my running back rankings will be up. My top five will be up on the Finsider probably early next week, maybe later this week, but most likely later next week or early next week. But J.K. Dobbins is my number one back. You know, and that's all homerism aside. J.K. Dobbins is my favorite running back in this class. He's the perfect fit for Chan Gailey's offense. That is where I would go at the top of the second round. Another name, Jonathan Taylor. We know he's got that crazy workload. You know, similar to Melvin Gordon, you know. Melvin Gordon had a crazy workload at Wisconsin. You know, he's he's an all-around back. I do think J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor are both three-down backs. 
Dolphins desperately need that. I do think there's still a role for Patrick Laird. I won't count him out, but let's just run down some. Jonathan Taylor, 5'10", 226 pounds, 31 and 1 8 arm length, 75 and 3 8 wingspan. You look at J.K. Dobbins, 5'9 and 4 8 inches, 209 pounds, 29 and 6 8 arm length, 73 and 4 8 wingspan. A couple of the other guys out there that I would absolutely target. Cam Akers, I'm not sure if he's a second round pick. I do think he is a going to be a very good running back. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The LSU running back, I mean, he's undersized. But I do think, I mean, he's right now one of my top three backs. And I know DeAndre Swift is the consensus number one in mock drafts. Personally, I mean, I like DeAndre Swift, but I'm not in love with DeAndre Swift. You know, I drafted J.K. Dobbins over him. I drafted CEH over him. And I might even draft a Cam Akers over him. You know, that might be crazy. But that's just where I stand right now. Again, my rankings will be up. The Dolphins absolutely need a running back. They're absolutely going to get a running back. The biggest thing, and I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, if you take a Melvin Gordon, you know, if they sign a Melvin Gordon free agency, that does not mean you don't draft a running back. Absolutely not. You draft a running back. I think Patrick Laird will stick around. I think maybe Miles Gaskin sticks around. But you absolutely draft a running back. And we'll just leave it at that. You know, you're not going to become anything with a Kalen Balazs. You know, we're over that. Goodbye, Kalen Balazs. The XFL still needs running backs. That's where you can go. I'm, I'm done with you. We're going to talk about offensive linemen. We're reaching about 30 minutes. I've been ranting. Hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast. You know, smash. Give us some ratings, you know. Everyone always says, you know, follow us on Twitter. You know, give us five-star ratings. No one ever does it. It's me now. And I do think next week I'm going to have a new co-host. I think, uh, you know, if you've ever grown up watching Nickelodeon, you remember the Drake and Josh show. I will be having a new co-host next week. Matthew Canato will still be coming on. But I have a new co-host in the works. We will probably be doing our first podcast next week, so check that out. But please, if you enjoy this podcast, even if you don't, give us some ratings, man. You know, follow me on Twitter, at House, H-O-U-T-Z. Follow the Finsider, SB Nation's number one Dolphins website. We're continuing to grow. We're just going to get better each and every day. Please, let us know how we're doing. So we look at offensive linemen, and the two biggest names, and I'm not even going to look it up. I did not look it up on Twitter. Louisville's Mikael Bechton. And you see the videos of him going around where he's just absolutely bullying defensive linemen. Six, six foot seven and three eighth inches, 364 pounds, 35 and five eighth arm length, 83 and 2 eighth wingspan. 83 and 2 eighth wingspan. I believe Minka Bechton will be a top 10 pick. Again, I probably butchered that name, but I don't care. You know, it's 320. I don't care if I butchered the name. I apologize. Let me know in the comments how terrible I did. No one has any issue with that. Tristan Worfs. Probably even butchered that name. Tristan. Tristan Worfs. Iowa. You know, tackle six foot four, seven eighth height, three hundred twenty eight pounds, a thirty four inch arm length, and an eighty and two eighth wingspan. The first name on this list is Matt Peart from UConn, six foot six and five eight, three hundred eighteen pounds, thirty six and five eighth arm length, eighty six and four eighth wingspan. That boy is big. That's a guy to keep an eye on, you know. 
the Dolphins probably won a first round uh, tackle. I think it was Matt Miller, Bleacher Report. I mean, I'm going to keep going back to him. I'm going to keep going back to the Daniel Jeremiah's. You know, those are the guys you should be listening to. But I believe they said the Dolphins, you know, if they get a Tua, if they get a Herbert, whoever it might be, they want to trade up and get an offensive tackle. You know, they want to leave the first round with an offensive tackle, as they should. And I won't be surprised if they, you know, they go after a Jack Conklin in free agency, maybe some other guys out there, Graham Glasgow, a couple other guys. Uh, Glasgow is more of a guard. Thunny is a guard. You know, they're going to do a lot of stuff in free agency. And a lot of this draft talk, you know, is kind of pointless without free agency. And we're going to get into free agency next week because we are inching closer and closer to the start of free agency. Right now we're just looking at the NFL draft. Andrew Thomas. I mean, this is a guy who a couple months ago was projected to be a top five draft pick. And it's just funny how he's slowly starting to fall down. You see a lot of mock drafts, whether it's Mel Kuyper, you know, whether it's uh, Todd McShay. Todd McShay has him and Mel Kuyper having fallen to the Dolphins with that 18th pick, six foot five and one eighth height, 315 pounds, 36 and one eighth arm length, 83 and four eighth wingspan. We're going to round this out with Lloyd Cushenberry, the LSU guard, six foot three and one eighth, 312 pounds, 34 and one eighth arm length, 84 and two eighth wingspan. So we just ran off the names. We know we got. Peart, we got Beckton, we got Worse, we got Thomas, we got Cushenberry. If the Dolphins come away with one or even two of those guys, that is a good draft. I mean, they're going to target guys in free agency. No one's going to question that. And then we head over to the defensive lineman. And we know the Miami Dolphins absolutely need help on that defensive line. We know they drafted Christian Wilkins last season, but they need pass rushers. And the two biggest names to me and two guys I absolutely love, if you saw my top five edge rushers list, A.J. Epinesa. And Uder Grasmatos, we know the, the issues there with YGM at PSU. We heard the hazing allegations. Nothing ever came of that. 6'5", 266 pounds, 34 and 7 eighth arm length, 82 and 2 eighth wingspan. The guy can do it all. I mean, if you can get Uder Grasmatos, if you can draft a Tua or a Herbert at 5, if you can get your offensive tackle then at 18, and you can get a 26th uh, YGM, that is a hell of a draft. That is a hell of a first round. A.J. Epinesa, I do believe he is a perfect fit for what Brian Flores and the Dolphins want to do. A.J. Epinesa played at Iowa. You know, again, number two on my top five. Aside from, it, it went Chase Young. It went A.J. Epinesa. It went YGM. You should check it out. It's on the website. It was on the website last week. I put time into that, so please check it out. Six and six foot five and one eight, 275 pounds, 34 and four eighth arm length, 81 and two eighth wingspan. So I think, I mean, personally, AJ Epinesa or YGM, the Dolphins can find a way to get either of those guys. I would be absolutely ecstatic. The biggest name on this list, and the guy that you know tested out out of this world, Khalid Kareem, the edge rusher from Notre Dame, six foot three and six eight, two hundred and sixty-eight pounds, thirty-four and three eighth arm length, eighty-four inch wingspan. Eighty-four inch wingspan. He has the biggest wingspan of any of these guys on this list. And I know Alfredo Artiega, a couple other guys are really high on Kareem. But again, you get an Epinesa, you get a YGM, you get a Kareem. You know, whoever it is, the Dolphins need help on the offensive line. The Dolphins need help on the defensive line. I don't think anybody would sit here and argue that. The most important position is quarterback. We discussed that. Justin Herbert's definitely in play. Jordan Love's definitely in play. And a trade-up for Tua below is definitely in play. If you want Tua Tagovailoa, and I, I just don't understand the people, you know, whether it's Twitter or Reddit or whatever it is. You know, I don't want to trade up for Tua, but I'll take him at five. Guys, he's not falling to five. 
I repeat, Tua Tonovalo will not be available at 5 overall. If he is, I'll admit I'm wrong. I'll run through the streets naked. The Dolphins are going to have to trade up for Tua Tonovalo. And they should trade up for Tua Tonovalo. But if they don't, you're probably taking Justin Herbert at 5. So it either goes like this. You train up for Tua. You, you're giving up that 26th pick and maybe a second rounder for Tua. Are you staying at 5 for Justin Herbert? Are you trading back with the Chargers? You might want Herbert. Are you trading back with another team that might want Herbert? And then taking Jordan Love. Or are you taking Jordan Love at 5? Those are your three options. You know, we can sit here and we can talk about people that like Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm is not it. Anthony Gordon is not it. Jalen Hurts is not it. They could be it. You know, they could go on and prove everyone wrong. But the Dolphins aren't investing a pick in that. You know, I've, I have no sources. I don't think the Dolphins are waiting until the, sec- the, the second round. They're not going to wait till the 26th pick to take a Jake Fromm because he has high IQ. Because he beat out Justin Fields. You know, it, it, it's he, he's not good. He has the football IQ. He has the accuracy. I don't think he has the arm strength. In big games, he loses just as much as a Justin Herbert does. You know, uh, I think it's going to come down to Tua Tungvaloa. It's going to come down to Justin Herbert. It's going to come down to Jordan Love. I think we all need to just, you know, kind of get ready for that. Just as we did with Ryan Tanhill back in 2007. And I think that's where we're going to leave this episode. You know, we, we talked about the combine. We talked about the first few days. We talked about the smoke and mirrors. And that's the biggest thing, guys. Everyone wants to sit there and say, you know, oh, well, this is just smoke and mirrors, you know? Well, well, this is, that report's just smoke and mirrors. And then it, it comes out, the Dolphins like Tua Tonovalo. Like, oh my God, the Dolphins love Tua, you know? I can't wait to draft him. It doesn't work both ways. It's smoke and mirrors season. If it's coming out that the Dolphins hands down like Tua Tonovalo, guess what? Maybe they don't like Tua Tonovalo. I'm holding my heart right now. That hurts me to say. But guys, you can't sit here and say every time Justin Herbert comes out that the Dolphins like him. Oh, it's a smoke and mirror. There's no way the Dolphins are going to take Justin Herbert. He's an introvert. He reminds us too much of Ryan Tannehill. That's what that one beat writer told me. That's not how it works. If they're sitting here saying Justin Herbert's the guy, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But it has just as much merit as a Tuaton of Iloa at this point. You know, a lot of things are going to come out about Tua about his medicals. A lot of smoke is going to continue to come out. No one knows. I don't know. Pro Football Network don't know. Three yards per carry don't know. Travis Wingfield now works for the Miami Dolphins. He doesn't know. Kyle Krabs doesn't know. All the best Dolphin Twitter, you know, personas, analysts, experts. Nobody knows. You know who does know? Stephen Ross might know. Chris Greer might know. Marvin Allen probably knows. Reggie McKenzie probably knows. And I mentioned Reggie McKenzie. Do not trade for Derek Carr. Please, God, do not trade for Derek Carr. He's terrible. Reggie McKenzie drafted Derek Carr. The Dolphins have the cap space for Derek Carr. Please don't trade for Derek Carr. Marvin Allen. Guess who he drafted? Patrick Mahomes. Guess who's a dollar store version of Patrick Mahomes? Jordan Love. Guess who else he drafted? Josh Allen. Guess who's very, very similar to Josh Allen? If Josh Allen could actually complete an accurate pass of 10 or 15 yards, Justin Herbert. Everything is on the table. Nobody knows. Sit back, relax, and enjoy it. March 18th is when free agency starts. I believe the tampering period begins on March 15th. Things are going to, you know, accelerate pretty quickly. 
if you're going to Vegas, check out the Pro Football Network uh, draft party. You know, they got Max Crosby, a guy from the Las, Las Vegas Raiders. This is a Dolphins podcast. No one cares about Max Crosby. But what we do care about is Preston Williams, the unicorn. He's also going to be there. All-you-can-eat buffet. All-you-can-drink alcohol. Check it out, guys. Profootballnetwork.com. Reach out to Matt Kanata. Reach out to myself. I'll find you the link. I get nothing out of it. I'll find you the link. You're going to meet Preston Williams and watch as, you know, the Dolphins draft Herbert or Tua. Whoever it is. You know, that's that's pretty awesome. But again, the biggest thing, and I'm going to end it at this. Nobody. Your favorite Twitter analyst. Your favorite beat writer. You know? Your favorite former player. Nobody knows what the Dolphins are doing at quarterback. Nobody. We have free agency coming up. Maybe they sign a guy there and then shock the world. I don't think it's going to happen. But sit back, relax, and just enjoy because this is the most important offseason of Miami Dolphins history. And, you know, this is the most assets they've had. You know, 14 draft picks. Could be 15 sooner than later. 120 plus million dollars. Could be more. Could be less. Probably more sooner than later. Good things are going to come. We believe in Brian Flores, don't we? You know, I hate the Chan Gilly hiring. I went through this earlier in the show. What, who has he developed? Nobody. He passed on Drew Brees. Oh, he had the RPOs in the NFL before it was a big thing. Oh, great. The dude's 67 years old. What's the plan after that? That's what I want to know. You guys want me to be more negative. I think maybe next time, maybe I'll write an article about Chan Gailey. Then I'll become a little bit negative. The guy's playing bingo and shuffleboard late at night. Well, the Dolphins are, you know, uh, trying to game plan for the next day. Guy's eating prunes. Is that what you want to hear? I don't like the Chan Gailey hiring. I don't know where it's going, and I don't know who he's going to develop because he's developed absolutely nobody. He's developed absolutely nobody throughout his NFL career, except for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And as the only hope we have that the Dolphins draft a quarterback with all the potential in the world, and a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick takes him under his wing and tells him, you know, this is what I learned from my 17 years in the NFL. The Dolphins draft Herbert, the Harvard, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Oregon's Justin Herbert, that will be the smartest quarterback room in the NFL. Smarts don't equal wins. You know, smarts don't equal Super Bowls. And that's the end game here is Super Bowls. I don't know what the Dolphins are going to do. Your favorite Twitter analyst does not know what the Dolphins are going to do. Your favorite beat writer doesn't know what the Dolphins are going to do. I'm going to leave it at that, guys. Tomorrow, uh, I guess it's today. Today, quarterbacks are going to throw. Uh, running backs are going to go. And I think tight ends as well. So, right. Tonight, we got at 4 o'clock on NFL Network. We got quarterbacks. We got tight ends. And we got wide receivers. So sit back, relax, enjoy it. Again, the most important offseason in Miami Dolphins history is coming. Enjoy it, guys. Fins up. Follow me on Twitter at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. I will have a new co-host hopefully next week for the Finsider Radio Podcast, part of the SP Nation Network. I am your host, Josh Houts. I'll talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SP Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. Talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number one. 
Cause we're the Miami Dolphins Miami. 